This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chels, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie. I'm here with my good friend, Rahul. And Rahul, I think we can finally sing. We are the Premier League Summer Series champions. I kid a little bit, but so far, a successful preseason, my friend. Absolutely. A successful preseason, a trophy lifted. Pochettino's done what he couldn't do at Spurs in a month at Chelsea. <laughs> and we're the first ever Premier League Summer Series champions. And no one can take that away from us ever, ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we had a poor season last year. And so we're going to milk anything we can as far as excitement this year. And it started off grid, like I said. But before we jump into the series, before we jump into the game, Rahul, it was a fun day. The day before the game, and I think maybe I'll share my stories later of trying to get there, but you actually did get there on time and had a few things to attend, and maybe you can share some fun tidbits and a fun story behind it. Yeah, before I do that, let me just sip on uh, Brighton's tears for a second. <laughs> I feel like you recycled this joke, my friend. You've used this one before, but I'll accept this one. I think it's worth it at this point. It absolutely is, because not only... Are we going for Moises Caicedo? We're now also trying to take their goalie Oof. and Levi Colwell is staying. So yeah, I know you asked me a, a separate question, but I'll get back to that. But just as for a second, um, even though we don't own Brighton, we technically are owning them right now. <laughs> and actually, I think we're playing 40 chess. I think we signed a midfielder today that technically could have been Brighton's target to replace Caicedo. So a lot of interesting things going on. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Maybe you can take a whack at it in a second. But no, a lot of interesting things have happened in the last week, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And it's look, the we joke, we we make uh, some banter, some memes, whatever you want to call it with the Brighton piece. But um, it's all in fun and, and we're not trying to be disrespectful. Uh, but we also did beat them this summer. But anyway. That's disrespectful. <laughs> they finished above us in the Premier League as well, right? <laughs> look, we, it was an off-season. If you look at the numbers this summer from how many Chelsea fans showed up, if you look at uh, how many of our games were sold out, Chelsea are massive. It's just, it is what yeah. it is. So um, enough with the, with the, with the jokes and, and all of that <laughs> stuff. We'll come back to some of the points that we brought up here. Uh, but yes, Saturday before the game, pre-match minus one um, was an interesting one for me because we I got into D.C. around 1 p.m., uh, headed straight to the manager's press conferences. And this was an interesting location because it was held at the British Embassy. And um, I can't even tell you the last time I've been to an embassy. I know you and I used to go when we were younger, when we were living in Ghana. But um, yeah, so... Uh, go to the British Embassy, all four managers who are playing, all four teams that are playing on Sunday, all four of them were supposed to to show up. And three out of the four did, right? And it starts with Marco Silva, who was very well-spoken, uh, answered all the questions that were put to him. And I was impressed by him from the way he carried himself, the way he answered the questions, even with the Mitrovic piece and, and all of that that's going on around him. Uh, then we got, oh man, I'm blanking here for a second. Unai Emery. How can I forget? Unai Emery. Um, unfortunately, it was afternoon, not good evening. Um, but again, very well spoken. Uh, you could tell that in some cases, he did take a second to process what was being asked, but very well spoken, spoke about the squad, spoke about the expectations that Villa have this season after finishing off well last season. Um, and he did well. And then we got Thomas Frank. So, um, and for me, for just for a second, I'm going to take a second back. Sitting in the same room as these managers that you and I have seen on TV or watched their interviews on TV, just listening to them and, and having the opportunity to ask them a question was a surreal moment. So um, I do have to share that. And then 
the main event was supposed to be Pochettino, and I say yeah. supposed to be because um, he was supposed to be the last guy, and they told us he's delayed, run into some traffic. They were coming down from Philly. It's about a two hour, two and a half, maybe three hours, depending on traffic. Um, so they said he's, he'll be here in about an hour. So we waited, we hung out, um, mingled around with some of the other journalists. And five became 530. And we were moved to a different room because at this point, a monsoon storm had hit DC. And uh, they had a reception going on outside for a lot of the uh, traveling folks that had come over from England. Um, some Premier League and some just in general. And they moved us to a different room. And this room just so happened to be near the entrance where all these people were coming in from the outside because of the rain. And speaking of surreal, Jackie, I'm now standing a couple of feet away from Michael Owen, Owen Hargreaves, uh, Tim Howard, Rebecca Lowe, Robbie Earl. And I'm like, what is going on? Um, And... It was just so unexpected. Of course, the rain played a, a massive part, but just so unexpected. Pochettino didn't end up coming. The the traffic was impacted by the weather. They didn't think it was safe for him to travel and ultimately canceled his press conference. So uh, the embassy were gracious hosts. They, they made sure that we were comfortable. We were uh, dry and we didn't get wet from all the craziness that was going on outside. Uh, and eventually, since the reception moved indoors, uh, they started offering some drinks and some appetizers, and they welcomed us to to join in as well. So I just had a, a, a crazy afternoon with hanging out with some managers and some some celebrities, and um, yeah, it was uh, Stephen Warnock was there. He, I do have to point out that guy was absolutely dry, and he walked <laughs> in from the outside. So. My question still stands because I, I asked him in person and then on Instagram how he managed to stay dry. So hopefully maybe he can come on on an episode and, and answer that. But yeah, just a crazy day. And then ended up meeting Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank at night and eventually met with you, um, which was the highlight. I don't, I don't mean oh, to make it go. sound like <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the build up to my, my importance in this year. But yes, no, uh, listen, I hate to cut you off, but Rahul, I think... It's a testament to everybody who listens to us, and I want to thank the listeners for a few minutes here. I think that's very important that you guys have continued to support us and believe in us, like our content, interact with us, and it allows us to do things like this where we're able to engage with the likes of other media personnel. You mentioned Rebecca Lowe, Michael Owen. I think even Owen Hargreaves was one of the names you had talked about earlier. It's just a really, really nice moment for us to kind of take the next step and being in among people that, frankly, Rahul, you and I watched growing up playing football, and now we're shoulder to shoulder. You can crack a little joke with Stephen Warnock there, and it's it's kind of a different level of what we've maybe expected when we start out this journey. But it's been a it's been a fun journey, and I can see it just going in the right direction so far. It definitely is, and and we didn't start it to be doing all of this, but it's just something that we've we've come to. Uh, appreciate, join, and, and partake in. And I know it even gets better as we go on, uh, especially into Sunday with, with some of the post-match activities. But yeah, that was Saturday. It was a great day, it was a great, great build-up to what was supposed to be coming on Sunday. And I guess now is a good point to transition into Sunday because we both eventually met up on Saturday, like I said, uh, and we're ready to go on Sunday morning. Yeah, and for Sunday, Rahul, I will say that the Premier League has done a good job of organizing these things. You mentioned trying to get four managers into the British Embassy and make sure everybody gets a chance to speak. But then Sunday is a double header, a double feature where you're trying to get two two teams playing each other and then back to back another two teams playing each other. And oh, by the way, they're Premier League level teams coming in with 30 squad members each. Where do you put these guys? How do you get them to warm up? But listen... It was so well orchestrated. I remember watching it from start to finish. Even when we got there, we got a ride from where we parked all the way to where we were able to enter as media. And it was great. Everything was so well done. Let's spend a couple minutes talking about maybe the first game for a few minutes here, the Aston Villa versus Brentford game. Obviously, being the Premier Chelsea, we want to talk a little bit more about Chelsea, but we do want to cover some things in the Premier League and kick off us at 12.30 local time. 
we get there, and I think the first thing we see is no David Raya, and I just want to mention that for a second. <laughs> He's being linked with Arsenal as well, so there's some interesting development still happening in the transfer market. Maybe they're not happy with their first choice goalkeeper. Maybe they want more competition for him. What do you make of that really quickly? I think it's it's just a move from Arsenal to add numbers and competition to to their squad. And look, we doubted Rams, Ramsdale when he moved from, I believe it was Sheffield, um, to Arsenal. And I think I may have messed that up, but it was a relegation team that he moved from. Um, and he's done well, but of course, you to kind of get push yourself to the next level, you always need someone behind you that can do that for you, right? So, um, and actually, Thomas Frank was asked about uh, David Raya in the in the build up to it, and uh, he said he's our player. He's being a professional. We're uh, he's training well, but ultimately, it's my decision for who plays in goal. And and he said all the right things, right? But he ended up making the decision that was better for the club. <laughs> I'm sure he does that to make sure he doesn't fuel the fire of things that you and I are trying to fuel over here, trying to read into it, but. No, listen, game kicks off well. We expected a good game, but Rahul, it started off really, really hot with 2-0 to Brentford, a penalty early on, and a fantastic curler. And listen, I know it's only preseason, but you see a game this open, you see a game this exciting, and you wonder, what's the Premier League going to look like? So keep that in mind, because I'm going to ask you the question at the end of this segment with the Aston Villa-Brentford game. They get a little water break, and I think you lean over to me in the press booth, and you go... Unai is going to work his magic here, right? I think that's exactly what you say. And from there on, three goals in quick succession to come back 3-2 in the first half. What did Unai say to these guys, Rahul? Because you had a minute to talk to him at the embassy. Probably be better because they were they were getting outrun. <laughs> they were getting they were second best in, in, all, in all departments. And I'm sure he... It, it is preseason, right? But I'm sure he got into them a little bit because they needed to wake up. They needed that yeah. kind of water break or an, a minute with the manager. Um, and it was a whole different team that came out, of course, driven by uh, that long run from Kansa, which came out of nowhere as a, as a center back. But um, that's what you get in preseason. People, players try something different. And he gets a really good goal, which sparks their their comeback. And we enjoyed that comeback because 2-0 for Brentford, sure, that was a great result for them. But we wanted to see more of a comp- comp- competitive game. And, and that's what we ended up getting. And really, in going into halftime, you wonder what's going to happen next. And we're wondering how this game's going to play out. Obviously, on the grand scheme of things, we poke fun and say, yeah, we are summer series champions. But really, we want to see some exciting football, right? But... I got quickly distracted at halftime, Rahul, because with all due respect to the teams, the stadium wasn't necessarily full. But as halftime approaches its ending and going into the second half, you just see blue shirts trickling in all over the stadium. And I think I'm trying to do a good job of describing this, but it is a very, very exciting moment to just see blue shirts kind of fill the stadium. And you go from, okay, we're about half full to we're almost at full capacity and this stadium has turned blue. And I, you mentioned this earlier, right? Chelsea is massive. And I think when you buy a ticket for a double feature, you get to watch both games for the same price or you can watch one game for that same price, right? So the fact that a lot of these fans said, we're here for Chelsea, we're not going to come watch the other game. And by the way, it's an exciting game. We want to come and spend our time, energy, focus on Chelsea. It just reiterates what you were saying about Chelsea being massive. And listen, we finished 12th last year. I don't want to repeat that too many times. But the fans are here. They are alive. They're well. They make the noise for Chelsea Football Club. And so that's exciting. But I don't want to get off topic too quickly. Second half comes in. Brentford are playing quick, playing smooth. They take a quick water break, energize themselves. 3-3, all square. Very, very open game. It ends. I asked you this question earlier. I'll wrap up this segment with this question. Will it be a tough year in the Premier League? Are these teams stepping up to the next level, or is this just preseason? It's it's a little bit of both. It's preseason. There's changes being made. There's players, in the case of Brentford, with their goalie that isn't their first choice, but they're adapting and, and making changes as they go. Uh, Villa have added some good pieces to their squad, but they also need some time, and they do also have some injuries, so they're working with some younger players. Um, but it is preseason. It's an opportunity for everyone to get fit, which is what uh, ultimately is the goal. So uh, 3-3 was the result that 
helped us out because it was between us and Villa for yeah. for this title. Um, and so I wasn't too disappointed about it. We saw six <laughs> goals. We saw a good game. We yeah. saw a couple of Brentford fans in Hawaiian shirts with the Brentford logo, which was interesting. Um, but no, it was it was a fun experience just watching two teams that we're not very connected to, but just get to enjoy as a, as a neutral. And I think we've answered this question before in the previous episode where why are there so many fans that are coming in to watch these games, right? And I and I mentioned the Sea of Blue, but thank you for reminding me of the Hawaiian shirts with Brentford. And I think it's the quality of football, right, Rahul? No disrespect to local football that we get to watch here, but the Premier League is the Premier League, my friend. And if you get a chance to come out and support your team, and even if it's not your team, you get to watch your Premier League game and they put on a show where it's 3-3, and mind you, some of those goals were incredible as we were watching them live. I think it's just a fun day out. The weather was a little warm, but a lot of the fans braved through it, made sure they could attend, have a good time. I think it's just something exciting. There was a quick break for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes in between. You and I popped off into the tunnel. We were just kind of hanging out. And lucky for us, we got to see all of the Chelsea players coming in, getting ready to get warmed up for the next game what did you make of that experience we wanted to keep it kind of intimate no filming but kind of just spend a moment with these guys coming off the bus yeah and it was i guess our way to welcome them to to this big showdown of winning this trophy um and it what was interesting was i i think i pointed to you i was like one of the chelsea staff was holding this like jacket and i'm like that's something that we haven't seen before and turns out it was a jacket they ended up having kevin durant wear to I say launch in quotes the the away kit. Um, so we we definitely miss seeing him in person, but we yeah. saw all the Chelsea players walking in and looking focused, looking relaxed, looking ready for the the challenge of facing Fulham West London Derby in Washington DC. <laughs> um, but no, it was like you said, we kept it intimate, we kept it uh, private for the benefit of the players and um, and all of that. But it was something that I enjoyed seeing. And listen, I think for you and I as Chelsea fans going on maybe 15, 20 years now, Kevin Durant could be standing right next to me, Rahul, and my gaze was not moving away from this Chelsea <laughs> player. So for all we know, he was right there and we just didn't see him because we were so focused on some of the players. And I, and I say that funnily, but I also say that because on TV, it's very different versus when you see these guys in person and some of them are absolute units. You can see how massive and big and strong they are. Some of them are a lot smaller than you would expect. Some of them are having a lovely smile on their face. Some of them are stone cold and you're like, maybe I don't want to talk to that guy today. But it's just soaking up the atmosphere and the experience. And yes, it's preseason. But you have to understand for us who don't get to make it over to London every week to watch games week in, week out, this is a great experience for us. And we want to relay that to everybody who's listening. But Rahul, we also got the official team sheets for Chelsea versus Fulham. I know we can't spend time doing all of it, but maybe you can run through Maurizio Pochettino's starting 11 for Chelsea. Yes, so we had Slonina in goal. First start uh, during this preseason. preseason he's just come back uh, and joined the camp. Enzo Fernandez, Thiago Silva, Raheem Sterling. I laugh a little. Ben Chilwell, Carney, Malugusto, uh, Humphreys, Andre Santos, Nkunku, and Mason Burstow. Yeah, so starts for Slonina, like you said. Mason Burstow, I think he's 18. Young man getting the call up up front. I did make some notes here as Carney actually took the middle position here and Nkunku was slid off to the left-hand side of the pitch. So maybe Pochettino experimenting with the team, maybe saying if one's injured or maybe Nkunku's better off the left. Not exactly sure, but wasn't necessarily the quickest start off to the game that we've seen in preseason. We came off... 5-0, we came off 4-3, a 1-1 draw to Newcastle. But in this game, I think for the first 10 minutes or so, we were saying, have we even registered a shot on target? I think the answer was probably no early on. I Yeah, I think it was no, but it was just kind of a midfield battle, a little bit cagey. Um, and I honestly, Fulham at that point were also in the running for this trophy yeah. because it came down to the fact that uh, if they had won, they would have had more points from than us. So... Um, not, I'm not saying that was playing on their mind or on our minds, but it was just a little tight affair. And, and you could see that Fulham are going to be a tough side, are going to be a side that are going to be difficult to break down. Uh, and that really proved to be the case until we got a, a goal from a set piece 
uh, and who else but a central defender popping up which took me back to the days of Tuchel. And who else but Thiago Silva in this case, which is <laughs> young, young, young at heart, but maybe not young, young, young in age. And Rahul, with the team that has been assembled this summer, with who's left, the gulf in age between Thiago Silva and maybe the guy closest to him, I think might actually be Kepa at 27, is a decent amount of age difference there. But listen... I think we said this all season long. That man doesn't age, and he kind of finds a way to remain physically fit, to remain physically focused. He seems to figure it all out, but leaps up, gets the goal, and maybe, I don't say calms the nerves, but maybe excites the stadium a little bit more because that's what we were all there to see. Yeah, it was. That's you're right. Everyone was there to see a Chelsea goal, to Chelsea win, and we certainly got the goal first. And in the build up to that, there was a moment where I believe uh, one of the Fulham players had gone down with an injury, and I forget who it was. But at that point, Ben Chowell and Pochettino were having a slight conversation yep. on the side. And it was kind of a longer conversation, maybe three, four minutes, where they were both discussing what to do and what not to do. But I'm just taking it as as Pochettino told him, just go put it on the plate for Thiago, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he'll do the rest, which he absolutely did. And listen, Ben Chilwell can find a way to pinpoint that ball to exactly where he needed to be. He's got that level of accuracy. And Rahul, you opened the conversation about Ben Chilwell. I think he's been absolutely fantastic this preseason, as he has been in previous seasons as well when he is fit. He said he's been pretty fit. He says he's ready to run through a wall for Pochettino. What have you made of his preseason so far? I've loved it. I've loved every minute of it. I've loved how much he's enjoyed Uh making those forward runs and defending. He was a little, and I'm just being picky at this point, but in this game, he was a little uh, off it in the sense that a couple of the first touches, a couple of the passes, or uh, just a few things that honestly, in the in the big uh, bigger picture, it doesn't even matter, but you do have to point it out, um, were off. But again, he he made up for it. He got an assist. He was, he was creating overlapping runs all throughout that game and he's been great i really hope and pray that those injuries and those niggles and things are behind him because a fully fit ben Chilwell is is a threat down that left it is really a cheat code my friend between him and maybe ian Matson, who we'll talk about a little bit later but i think it's a cheat code to have those two bombing up and down the left wing let's switch over to the right wing malagusto he's the prodigal son called in to replace reese james whenever reese is injured but rahul physically fit aggressive looks like he's not afraid of a tackle maybe i'm praising him a little bit too much but so far malagusto as an understudy and i say that with air quotes because he's been fantastic he's as an understudy he's looked extremely extremely good so far he definitely has and there's a there's definitely a player in there a 20 year old guy who's come in uh after we bought him in january left him on loan in france and he's come in and really impressed this preseason and it almost gives us an opportunity to use Reese in other positions. And I say other positions because we are lighter in midfield and we've seen very briefly Reese play in midfield as maybe a, a defensive player or even as a center back where uh, in a three he was used. And I'm not saying that's what the plan is for Reese, but Reese is very versatile. He has the ability to play different positions. And when you have someone like Gusto that can do the job and do the job, not, maybe not equally, but close to it, uh, it allows you to not only give Reese the rest and everything that we've spoken about in the past, but also use him in a different position in a different uh, capacity on the field. When we've lost Reese James and Ben Chilwell to a certain degree in previous seasons, Rahul, the team quality automatically dips and you know, I love Aspilicueta. He's been a fantastic servant for us, but didn't have the legs, didn't have the pace, maybe didn't have the final ball. I think with Malagusta, I'm hoping that the quality of if Reese is unavailable is a little bit closer to what we're expecting in the final 11. And so that him coming in can slot in easily, help us feel like we haven't lost too much of that pace, that physicality, that ability to put in a good ball. So I'm excited for this. I want to make sure that he stays fit as well because we know he came off an injury as, as well when he came to Chelsea this season. So looking for the silver linings here. I made a note here, Rahul, because all preseason long, you've been critical of a few players, and some of them I think rightly so, 
I don't want to dig too much, but Kukureya have been pretty critical of. Maybe he's deserving it. Kepa, pretty critical of. Maybe he's deserving it. There's a young man, <laughs> Connie Chukameka. I think you said he should go on loan. He's not ready for the first team. He probably shouldn't be in a Chelsea shirt. He's rubbish. No, okay, I'm paraphrasing. You never said he's rubbish. But... <laughs> Carney looked hungry, looked like he heard your comments, and he wanted to prove just you wrong. And he really decided to boss that attacking midfield position. And I say that, Rahul, because Fulham were pretty tight, pretty cagey, didn't want to allow us to play. But Carney found a way to carry that ball forward, found a way to sneak into little open spaces, Paired really, really well with Nkunku and even with the striker, Mason Bursar, who who did have a little bit of a difficult time. I've highlighted a note here because I, I think you whispered <laughs> in my ear that you were gonna you were gonna apologize formally to Carney. I know you were teasing me, but what are your thoughts on Carney in this game in particular? And has he changed your mind a little bit about maybe staying with the team, or do you still think he needs to go out on loan? Um he was look, he was good in this game. He played a, a massive part in that second goal that we scored. Uh, he was making runs. Everything that you said, he was he was doing the right things and doing what he wasn't doing that Brighton game uh, when we watched it in in person in Philadelphia. And so it shows you that there has been a conversation. There has been feedback given to him. There's been uh, an expectation put on him to do things a little bit differently. And and he's doing them. He did them well in this game. He give, deserves the credit. He. Um, needs to continue doing that but and certainly in this game he played a, a massive role and and that's what i want to see because he is someone that we've invested in a year ago yes we all ha- we all know it was a rough year rough season but you can't hide behind that continuously or you can't use that as an excuse not that he's ever come out and said that but he has to step it up and he did in this game and that's what i want to see i do agree with you i'm hopeful that the scouting department has found the right guy that can help participate in that attacking midfield position. And I do want to say, I think Pochettino is doing a good job of maybe giving the feedback in a way that it can be received because you are right. He wasn't necessarily the best player in the first few games, but he's learning, he's understanding, he's contributing to the team. And obviously he contributes. Rahul, I want to talk about Raheem Sterling here in just a second, but Nkunku finds the ball over to Raheem. Raheem... I don't know if it's a shot come pass saved. It gets over to Carney, who takes a shot. Who's, it's saved pretty well and falls to Nkunku, who scores a goal. We'll talk about Nkunku in a minute. But what are your thoughts on Raheem Sterling? 27, 28-year-old was supposed to be our best attacking threat just immediately coming from Manchester City. Hasn't looked like the player we spent £45 million pounds on one of the highest earners in a Chelsea shirt. I've kind of set you up here to let me know your true thoughts on Raheem Sterling. Oh, man. There's there's two players in the squad that you know how I feel about. Um, and Raheem is one of them. And it's, it's simply down to the fact that what you've said. He is one of the senior players. He's coming with a reputation. There's no needs to adjust to the Premier League or needs to do this. And again, I, I know I said for Carney it was a rough season. Yes, it was a rough season for Raheem too. But you expect him to bounce back a little bit better and faster than maybe a 21-year, 20-year-old. Um, and it's just every time he gets the ball, I don't feel comf- I don't feel like something is going to happen. Because, I sure, he drives towards goal, and in this case something does happen. But... It doesn't happen because of him. It happens because of Carney. It happens because of Nkunku. And I just don't see the end product from him. I don't see where when he gets the ball, I'm like on the edge of my seat saying, all right, something's definitely going to be happening or he's going to work the goalie or he's going to do something. Just just haven't seen enough of that. And should I not be having these expectations from him because I've been let down so much? I, I don't know, but I certainly expect a lot more from someone that comes with the reputation of being this winger that can take players on and score goals and has pace. But so far, in a team, in a squad, in a preseason where a lot of young players have impressed, Raheem has, for me, at least let me down. Tough words here from Rahul, but I think I find it difficult to disagree with you, my friend. I think little insider knowledge here. When Rahul and I sitting together, 
he lean over and say, you want to bet that Raheem's not going to have a final ball? You want to bet that Raheem's going to lose the ball? You want to bet that Raheem's going to mess up this pass? And it's disappointing, I think, is the word that I want to pick because you've summarized it so perfectly, my friend, where I don't want to say there's a lot on his shoulders because I don't think Chelsea Football Club has come to rely on Raheem Sterling, but there is expectations from fans that he should be able to put in a better final ball. He should be able to dribble the first man. He should be able to do a basic pass. And I think I'm unsure if it's confidence. I'm unsure if it's the system. I'm unsure exactly what's going on. We know he's changed his diet. We know that he's enjoying his time with Pochettino. The players that we've assembled so far seem to be the right profile to help him thrive. So whatever it is, Rahul, it's difficult for me to understand. I'm not necessarily sure if he should be starting in that Liverpool game, but time will tell what Pochettino thinks as we go on. And maybe maybe Raheem will come back and prove us wrong, and you and I will be doing a segment with Humble Pie like we've done in the past. So, <laughs> Rahul, I want to pause here for a second for a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll come back to cover that second half. The Premier Chelsea has partnered with Fubo TV. Fubo TV is your home for live sports and TV without a cable in the U.S. and Canada. You can watch on all your devices, which means you don't have to miss any of the actions or goals that Chelsea score in the Premier League and Champions League. You heard that right. Fubo TV Networks broadcast Premier League, Champions League, and many other leagues and tournaments. So what are you waiting for? Start your free trial today at FuboTV.com forward slash TPC. All right, we are back for the second half. Lots and lots of changes. Let me run through it very quickly because... We had a bird's eye view and we were able to see what was going on. Reese James comes on, Chaloba comes on, Levi Colwell comes on, and Kukurea continue with the back four. Conor Gallagher in, Cesare comes in. He's looking good at the pivot position. A couple of fans have actually reached out and said, why don't we talk enough about him? So Rahul, keep that one in mind. Maybe we talk about him today. Uh, Ian Matson comes on, Angelo comes in, and Jackson up top. So the only ones who stay are Inkunku and Slolina. And then Kunku only stayed on for a couple of minutes before <laughs> he was pulled off as well. But Rahul, I want to talk about Levi Colwell. You opened the segment with him being signing a six-year contract, I believe it is. If I'm not mistaken, 2029, it puts him at with Chelsea Football Club. I made a note here calling Levi the director. And a couple of things that people said to me about Andre Santos is he wants the ball. He calls for the ball. He says... I'm confident I know what I'm doing. One thing I saw about Levi Colway, which I think you don't necessarily see on TV because the camera obviously pans over to where the ball is. Without the ball, he's talking, he's screaming, he's pointing, he's telling people where he wants them to be, where he thinks the ball's going to go. That organization, that director position that, I dare I say, a true captain has, a John Terry has, where he's demanding more from the guys around him. And I think that's very important quality. I'm not, t- and, and I want to be clear. I'm not saying Levi is the finished product. I'm not saying he's the best center back ever to enter the Chelsea frame. But I do say that's a really, really good quality to have if we're putting a lot of faith in this young man, I think, at 19, 20 years old. A hundred percent. And that's what we know he has. That's what we've seen from his youth days and him coming through the ranks and, and, Last episode, we said Pochettino said he could be the best English center back ever. And we were like, sure, that could be a little bit of a lip service or, or just a manager's way to, to get his player up for it. But um, you see it. You see it on the pitch. You see it that he is has the ability. He has the talent. He has the, the reading as a center back that you need to not only be ahead of certain plays, but also be ahead in the sense that you get your other players ahead of those plays. And um it's great to see that he has agreed to a new contract five plus one like you said takes us into 2029 because he is someone that we should be building that defense around yes Thiago Silva is great he's about to turn 39 for as much as we'd love for him to continue playing into his 40s we do expect that it's, it's just age does catch up to you and and so we need Backup plans, we haven't even spoken about the the signing that's coming in, but uh, Chelsea is showing that they are committed to Levi Koval, and he is going to be playing as one of the two center backs going forward, which is great. And it's now up to him to kind of elevate this even further because we spoke about Brighton and and everything that had happened there. And 
honestly, Jackie, that's what you get from sending players out on loan. I know people yeah. troll Chelsea and troll uh, the fan base that your loan army and all of that, but he got a year full of Premier League experience at Brighton, and he's now ready to bring that into Chelsea when we really need it because we're we're low on those uh, in that position. And so I'm really excited to see him this season amongst some of the other youngsters that we've spoken about. But Levi Cowell, he is one of us. He is our own. And I'm excited for him to be part of this squad, at least at, at a minimum. Are you happy that Deserby is not going to get him next season? You know, I made my made my Brighton jokes up front. So I'm <laughs> going to stay respectful now because we're... We're in the serious mode, but yes. <laughs> Another behind-the-scenes comment, Rahul, in my ear saying, Deserbi will never get that player. So <laughs> we know how he truly feels about that. But no, listen, I have to agree with everything you say. Sticking with the young guns, Rahul, and I alluded to this earlier, people are asking about Cesare Cassade. He's another one that has impressed this season. I talked about players that I didn't expect to look a specific way when we saw them in person. He's a massive boy. He is six foot plus, and a lot of them are six foot plus, but... It's hard to explain kind of his physicality and how broad shoulders and, you know, big and strong he looks. And when we sign these players, right, Rahul, I think we're getting all these fancy attacking midfielders that are going to score five, six, seven goals and help chip in where they can. But Pochettino is playing them in these pivoting positions. And I'm then kind of a little bit excited because you see the physicality that these guys have and hopefully they can use it to their benefit. But fans have asked for a little review on Cassidy. What have you made of his preseason and specifically this game towards the second half? I've been impressed. Again, another one that came in with a big reputation or at least potential for for being this player in the future. Impressed at the Under-21 World Cup. Impressed on loan uh, last season. And he's stepped up at least in this preseason and, and shown that he can do a job for this Chelsea team. So um, I'm impressed I and I... I'm looking forward to seeing what the plan is with him. Is it alone? Is it keeping him within the squad? Um, it may just depend on who we can bring in and, and all yeah. of that stuff. But he's definitely one that needs the Premier League experience and should be getting it, whether it's at Chelsea or somewhere else. We'll wait to find out. But I'm impressed with him. And when you talk about his size and all of that, all I have to do is put out a video that we took of him kind of yeah. walking out of the stadium and you're like, how old is this kid? Yeah. And listen, he's a silky Italian, the way he plays and moves and finds these pockets of space. And I think, with all due respect, I think we've been looking for that because the last silky Italian we had was Jorginho. And I'm trying to use my words carefully. I think he <laughs> was slow and not maybe the most mobile of players going forward. And I think that's where I see the beauty of Cesare Casadez gets the ball, able to make a turn, make a pass, get a shot off, which, of course, Jorginho was a slightly different player, but Cassidy is playing in his or that traditional pivot position and maybe a bit more mobile to get up and down the pitch, which is very important with some of these guys. So excited for the future. Hope he gets to maybe go out on loan and get a little bit more experience and come back to Chelsea, a bit more finished product. But it was looking good in that second half, Rahul. I think we were maybe business as usual. I want to talk about the goalkeeper for the second we let Slonina play most of that second half. I think just the last 10 or 15 minutes, we had Lucas Bergstrom come on. Slonina is 18, 19 years old, coming off a uh, USA tour at 21 years, under 21 uh, cup. Looked okay, not maybe tested too much, but is he going to be the number two? We're linked with Robert Sanchez and Chelsea, of course, crazy enough to keep doing business with Brighton. <laughs> is he going to go out on loan? Is that kind of the signing or signal that he is going to go out on loan? Yeah, I think he's he's one that will go out on loan because he just finished his MLS season earlier this year. He's been in and around the club in the spring going into in, at the end of the season. Like you said, he went away yeah. with the U.S. Um, so he does need some exposure and some playing time. Maybe not in the Premier League, maybe at championship level at, at, at least. Uh, so I think a loan is the right move for him, uh, especially if we are bringing another goalie, which excites me but that's a whole different topic it's a different topic for another day and we'll get your feelings on kappa later on in we put a pin in it still <laughs> <laughs> it keeps kind of getting pinned off to the corner because i want to know your tr true thoughts and we'll have probably need a whole segment for that one but Rahul, as we're sitting there watching the game it was almost kind of weird that we get a ping on our phones 
tweets going off that Chelsea have reached the agreement to sign Axel Di Sassi. And within minutes, Trevor Chaloba goes down with an injury. And we're all wondering, what's going on here? Does Chelsea know what's happening? Obviously, I think the truth of the matter is we're trying to backfill for the likes of um, Fofana, who was injured for the entire season. But kind of weird timing that this happened. I kind of feel for Chaloba, Rahul. He's had a decent preseason. He's put out a couple of pictures where he was saying he was so proud to wear the Chelsea armband. Obviously, I don't think Chelsea knew that he was going to go down injured. Is this just the actual replacement for Fofana, or is Chelsea trying to offload Chaloba? What's your thoughts, and what do you make of his preseason so far? He's had a good preseason. He's done well. He's worn the armband, like you said, in that first game. Uh, Done a job when he's been asked to come in. But you can almost see that the idea is to have Levi Koval and Thiago Silva and Badashile, who's not here on tour, but back home in London, uh, is said to be or reported to be speeding up his recovery and getting back onto the pitch and doing individual training. And from what we had heard, we knew Chalaba was one player that the club was open to to moving on. Uh, and given the fact that we do want to generate some funds and all of that. Um, so I think the signing... Uh, suggest that Chalaba should be leaving but if he's picked up an injury that we're not fully sure of yet what the uh, result of that is in terms of how long he'll be out and all of that uh, that may impact his move but I do think that four center backs between Thiago Silva, Badishile, Levi Koval and the new player uh, is more than enough so that leaves Chalaba with most likely the option of, of moving on. Yeah, I hope that we fight, figure out a way to, for this to go smoothly. I hate losing some of our academy products, but if Maurizio Pochettino has deemed that he's not the right fit for this position or the long-term future of Chelsea, I think it's better to kind of move on. And I, and I like that the ownership have done that, Rahul, because you say loan army, but the, I think the real issue was we would loan out players for seven, eight years and they would never ever see the Chelsea first team. So if we've determined he's never going to see the Chelsea first team long-term, then it definitely makes sense for him to move on and, and get an opportunity to play in our football. But a uh, couple more things that happened that second half. We got to see Lewis Hall. I've not seen him too much this preseason, so I'm wondering if that means he's going to go out alone. He's been impressive for us, but he's another youngster that could benefit from consistent minutes. Um, Conor Gallagher and another player that I'll talk about in a minute, I'm saving for the end, very, very good at pressing, closing down. And I think that's the theme that I've seen with Mauricio Pochettino wants to make sure they're pressing. The one player I'm alluding to, and I've kind of let this go on a little longer, is Nicholas Jackson. Rahul, for me personally, Nicholas Jackson has impressed thoroughly. He has shown that he can assist. He has shown that he can score. He has shown that he can bring in attacking players into the game and allow them to score. He's shown that he can come back and pip a ball off and help defensively as well. This is a dangerous question, maybe (laughs) even a loaded question. Is he going to wear the number nine shirt and break the Chelsea curse? Please retire that shirt because no player <laughs> should be should be taking it. And no, he honestly for everything that's gone so well, I, and maybe it's just bias, but if that shirt number goes to him, I'm afraid that that's where this ends. And and it's nothing against him; it's just this number, right? And maybe we need to do that whole thing they did in Ted Lasso where they all kind of get over that curse in the first season. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, any other number, Nico, any other number, but, but nine, um, because I, I can't go through another painful uh, mishap with the striker. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, Rahul, what have you made of his performances so far? I think we've praised him a lot, but even in this game, I have a, a moment here where he went on a dribble by himself down the left wing, cuts in and tries to score. And I go, what can this boy not do at this point in the preseason? I've been impressed. He's been, for me, the most impressive player this preseason. And, of course, that's driven by the fact that I hadn't seen much of him and I didn't know what we were getting into Fair, when yeah. we bought him. But he offers everything that we want from that forward position. And it's not always about scoring. It's about making runs, opening up space, like you've said, connecting, holding up. Uh, bringing other other players in it, and he does all of that so far. And and even in that first half, no disrespect to the players that were on. I think I leaned over and I said, "You know what we're missing?" And you said, "What?" And I said, "Jackson." 
Um, and of course, he can't play every single minute of preseason, but he is one that's impressed. And it's not just impressed you and me. A lot of Chelsea fans are seeing what he brings to this team and are excited. Which brings me to my question for you is we're linked with Dusan Vahalovic uh, from Juventus, a, a swap with Lukaku. Um, from what you've seen with Jackson, is this do we need to bring in another player knowing that we have Armando Broja coming back in? Jackson seems to be fitting in and has spent the last four games with the squad. It I have some thoughts on it, but I'd like to get yours first. I gave this a lot of thought today, actually, because I've been so impressed with Jackson that in my heart, I want him to be the number one. I want him to be playing 38 Premier League games a season. I want him to be scoring 20 goals in the 38 games. So I don't want anything interfering with that, right, Rahul? But I took off my Chelsea loving hat for a second and my Nicholas Jackson, like, I'm going to buy your jersey brain for just a second. And I thought he needs some competition because there are times where it's going to go through negative periods and i don't mean that this is actually going to happen but in football that does happen where maybe you're not in form or maybe it's just not the luck and you need somebody else to come on and do that or you go through an unfortunate injury and listen i'm going to knock on some wood here and say i hope he never goes through those kind of issues but we also have to remember that he is a player for senegal and they do participate in the african cup of nature nations during january's time period i'm not sure if it's going to be coming here in 2024 but if it does it's good to have a backup striker that can come in and potentially fill the boots of this player. And with regards to Broharal, he's coming off a pretty severe injury. I don't necessarily want him to have the pressure. Maybe he can go out on loan and try again to get his fitness back. But maybe Vlahovic is a, is a good opportunity to kill two birds with one stone. One is get the player in that's the backup that will help maybe fill in the gap when Nico is not doing the business or he's injured or he's often on African Cup of Nation duty. The other is to get that donkey Lukaku out of the club so we don't <laughs> have to deal with this situation. If this is a win-win for all parties, then let's make this happen, man. That's the first time I've heard you call Lukaku a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got to find a way to just solve problems. And I think that's one thing I will give our ownership credit for is they're finding ways to solve problems this season yeah look if it's if you're only looking at it with that Lukaku piece yes it's to me it's the right move because uh, Vahalovic is 23 so he is also younger even though it, it almost seems like he's been around for a few seasons which he has but uh, 23 coming into this league and I don't know if he comes in as a backup because he does come in with a higher or, or more of a reputation than Jackson does um, but it'll be interesting to see if he does come in, how Pochettino uses both of them, because clearly Jackson has impressed uh, Pochettino amongst all the other Chelsea fans too. So um, that's a headache for Pochettino in the sense that you now have two players, but you play the players that are doing well, and it maybe gives uh, Vahalovic the time to settle in, yep. understand what's needed, and it's not suddenly we throw him in and say well, he's a flop six months later, right? Like we've done with with a lot of players. And I, I do take your points about the injury AFCON, which is not till 2025, so that we're lucky with at least going into this season. But I do take those points. And, and of course, the more options you have, the better it is. But I just don't want to stunt or slow down Nicholas Jackson's growth or, or what we're seeing here in the first few games in the last month. But it's preseason. We've spoken about what that means and all of that. So um, as long as we can bring in good players that can make a difference, that's that's what we want. Spot on. And I think that's really what we need to be focusing on. But I think the theme here, Rahul, is you've been leaning over and whispering into my ear a lot in this <laughs> season. I say that with jokes, but the game ends. We win. We're champions of the East Coast. I say the East Coast because we toured mostly the East Coast for the Premier League it's, series. It's champions of the world. You know, you know how we, <laughs> that's what we do in America. We play sports <laughs> only in America, and then we say we're champions of the world. The, the World Series, the Super Bowl, whatever you want to call it. Listen, Chelsea are champions of, of the world with this particular preseason. But there was a cute moment, Rahul, and I didn't actually get to see it live because we were all kind of excited Reese James and Tiago Silva go to lift the cup together, and Tiago is almost kind of patting Reese on the back. And and listen, I want to say this first of all: you can kind of see that 
the players are a little embarrassed to lift this preseason trophy. It's not because this we're big... not Spurs. <laughs> I love the the little fork jabs at Spurs over here, but you can see that kind of embarrassment. Tiago pats him on the back almost to say, "Go on, son, you're the next." hopefully captain of the club and you can then raise many more trophies to follow. But the piece that I missed, Rahul, which you, like I said, leaned over and whispered in my ear was Pochettino then tapping Thiago Silva on the back, almost to say like, you are the senior guy in the, in the team. And these are the little, little things that Jackie didn't see, but Rahul saw that I expect (laughs) from you to kind of usher the youth and teach them, show them what's needed on the pitch, give that little bit of encouragement to them and, guide them on what the right ways to do things. And I thought that was an absolute cute moment that helps to say, like, this is the little pieces that show me the team are, are together as a squad rather than disjointed. Yeah, and Pochino did say it was because uh, Tiago was captain first half, Therese was captain second half. But you could almost see Tiago didn't want to do it, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. He just wanted Therese to do it. Uh but maybe a conversation or a whisper from Pochettino or even Reese to say, come on, Tiago, we're in this together. Um, and then that tap from, from Pochettino, which honestly you can see in some of the videos that have come out of the celebration. Uh, maybe just a little to Tiago, like, I appreciate you. Thank you. And um, I know you didn't maybe want to do this, but it means more to the squad and, and to Reese to have you there. And look, it's, it, we joke about it, but it is just a preseason trophy, right? And right. and as soon as we lifted it, it came right back down. It wasn't like we were drinking champagne <laughs> and, and and running around the pitch with it. But um, it's and I took that almost as like maybe Tiago does want the armband, but the club is looking at having a player or a captain for the long term. And we've spoken about Tiago and how much we'd love for him to play, but Reese is that person that will be around for longer than a couple of seasons so uh maybe that conversation has been has happened and and maybe i'm making it up but i just kind of read it as as something like that yeah and between the two of them rahul i would not be disappointed if either or is captain and vice captain between the two of them i think the youth and the kind of the guidance of diago silva with the youth of um reese james together is just great and they play right next to each other rahul you expect them to communicate a lot and kind of lead this team forward it's going to be definitely definitely exciting but That wraps it up, my friend. We were champions of the East Coast, champions of the World, Champions League of the Premier League Summer Series. (laughs) Uh, You and I were happy, excited, but we did get a chance to go down after this to the interview booth, through the media booth. I don't know what you want to call it for post-match words. What did you make of the experience overall as we're getting down there? It was... So in Philly, you went into it, and this time I, I was able to join you, and it was it was good. I mean, Marco Silva comes out again, and and I was impressed with him. But finally, to to be in the same room as Pochettino and and hear him, and you got a chance to ask him a question too, which was great. Um, but Pochettino seemed happy. Again, we weren't crazily celebrating this thing, but he was happy. It's been a long week with three games, and uh, he's not going to have that in in the Premier League or this season with no Europe, but. Uh, he's managed the squad well. He's come in. He's done what he needed to do. A trophy does add a little bit more to the confidence and the good feeling that he's trying to build. Um, so, listen, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his squad. I'm happy for the team. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on asking him that question. And, and maybe we can even insert the audio of what you asked him because it was a really good question and something that not just you and I have been talking about, but a lot of Chelsea fans have been wondering. Yeah, so before we go on and discuss this a little further, let's insert the audio right here. Maurizio, you played Ian Matson this whole tournament a little more higher up in the pitch. Is that where you see the long-term future, or is he going to compete for left-back eventually? Well, I think Ian, uh, I told before, I think Ian uh, has the capacity, you know, to, to fit for different places on the, on the pitch. He's uh, a player that can, you can use in different positions. I'm so happy because, you know, it's not his performance didn't change using you know in different position that is what makes us very pleased because he's a he's a player that I seen uh, we see with a enormous enormous potential you know for, for the team for the club. Okay thanks all right so you got a chance to listen to Maurizio Pochettino and I interacting and, and Rahul I think what I gathered most from Maurizio Pochettino not just from the question I asked but from the entire segment the entire preseason 
and you alluded to the fact that as she went to the first press conference, I have to be very careful with my words here. I think it's a stark contrast to what we got with Graham Potter. I think with Graham Potter, it was flat, lack of belief, repetition. Those are the three words I can pick without being too rude, without being too negative, because I think at the end of the day, he did come to do a job. It just didn't work out. End of that. I think with Mauricio Pochettino, there is a level of confidence. There's a level of swagger about him with the way he answers his questions. And there is just a, there's an aura. There's almost a, and I hate to use this, but there's almost an arrogance about the way he answers questions and, We've seen the way he kind of puts off journalists and says, I don't really agree with your question or the way he answers them with a little joke. And in this particular game, he's joking about the players we signed and we have more information than he does. And so all of those things, I think you can imagine what it does to the team in the back end, which is if he's this confident with us, if he's this funny with us, if he has this arrogance and swagger with him, imagine in his comfort zone where there are no cameras, where all the walls are down. He's probably very straightforward with his players, maybe very funny, maybe very to the point where he says, I want this done and I want it done my way and I want it done this way. But he also has a way to put his arm on the shoulder of the right guy and say, I want it done this way because of reason X, Y, Z, which almost makes it feel like these guys are going to run through brick walls for him. And you've heard that through Ben Chilwell, and I'm kind of bringing this segment full circle. But no, absolutely impressed so far. And I think it's important to note that when we went out to recruit Maurizio Pochettino, I was on the fence. Maybe I was on the opposite side of the fence saying, I don't think he's the guy for Chelsea Football Club. And listen, Rahul, in six months, we may be here and Chelsea may have fired Mauricio Pochettino and I'll say he's not the guy for for Chelsea Football Club. But today, as things stand, I've been impressed. I think he's doing all the right things. I think he's saying all the right things. I think he's got the players playing the correct way. So happy so far, my friend. Sorry, I went on a a huge tangent there. No, I I agree with everything you've said. and, And yeah, even he just... I don't think it's planned or premeditated. It's just natural and the way it comes out, the way it comes to him. But it just seems like he knows and has this charm and, and way of saying things and kind of lightening up the mood and, and in certain cases being a little aggressive when it's needed and saying, like you said, with the, with the journalist. So um, it just shows you that you're not going to get the same thing, like you said, repetition from him. And, and when you ask him certain questions, you're not going to get the same answer. And, and, that's what we want. I think with Chelsea fans, we've been spoiled a little bit with with the aura, with the charm, or with certain managers that come in and, and just you just look at them and you're like, I love this man. And before they've even like said anything or done anything or won a trophy. And and Pochettino, of course, has that barrier or that hurdle of experts, but you almost don't think about it a month in now, and you're like, he's one of us, he's he's getting the team to play the right way, and we've not even really spoken about what we've seen from the team and what they're doing on the pitch, but they're playing the right way. They're playing attacking, they're scoring goals. They kept a clean sheet here. They won a trophy and, and we just continue building from there because that's where we are right now. We're, we're in a building phase. We're in a transition phase. And I think Pochettino is the perfect manager for that. I hope that we will be continuing to say this for the rest of the season, because listen, Rahul, we have craved a manager that's going to be with us long-term, I think and I hope that the owners have done the right thing this time by taking their time to find the guy that's going to be with us long term. All things point to that he's going to be there. So now I think we just need to wait and see if results are going to back it up. But yeah, I think that's the end of the segment. Rahul, if you want to take us home and drive us home. I do. I just want to give a massive shout out to Lauren James, who is killing it at the Women's World Cup and has qualified for the knockout stages with England. But in uh, the three games that she's featured in, she's become the youngest player to be directly involved in five goals in a single Women's World Cup game, which was today. And so she had two goals and three assists. And it's funny, I believe Emma Hayes was on commentary and she said, whatever club has her must make sure she's signed <laughs> down to a long-term contract. Um, and look, when we bought her two years ago, and I know you and I did more for a, a deeper dive of her background and where she came from and, and not just United, but in general, her youth and, and academy days. Um, and we're almost reaping the rewards of the investment that was put in two years ago. And of course this wasn't England shirt, but even for Chelsea this season, she's been, she's been great. And I can't thank the previous ownership or previous group that brought her in 
because we have one of the best young players on the women's side in our squad. And then we have Reese on the other side in the men's squad. And our team has two of the best players in the world. And I just can't be more happy and proud. It's just going to end this way, Rahul, with the two Jameses in the Chelsea lineup, both men and women. So I hope that they continue to do these things and just kind of make us proud going forward. Definitely. And we we didn't talk about my fist bumps with some of the players, but uh, we'll save that for save Instagram that, yeah. for for Instagram and the reels. Uh, but yeah, I haven't I haven't washed my 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 fist since <laughs> since May. Um, it has a little bit of Enzo's sweat and never mind. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Shells on all podcast providers, Instagram, Threads, and on X, it's at Premier Chels. Uh, and we will be back with a new episode, but until then, stay safe and up the Chels. Hey guys, the Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home, so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.